Hey, welcome to another episode of Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. And we're uh, we're enjoying hanging out together and just having great conversations. Uh, a lot of times we, we there's so much discussion that that goes even beyond um, just what you hear on the air. And so I would just encourage you if you have you know somebody older than you or even younger than you or anybody in general engage in conversation. I feel like conversation is a losing art form because of of just all the different things going on and people don't know how to just sit and talk because I think I think the nice thing about this Dave is that even as we sit and talk about things like it it, it percolates thought processes. I don't oh, know absolutely. if I could say that, you know, absolutely. percolates, but you know what everything about life is relational. Right. And and relationship demands um communication. Somehow. Yeah. And people actually process things much differently in life and it's really important to know how they do it. Mhm. You know, for me, which is obvious to everyone that's been around me for 10 minutes, I process it verbally. Right. So I can be saying something I don't believe. Right. Because I'm trying to process it. Mm-hmm. And if you take everything I say for face value immediately, you didn't realize that I concluded somewhere else. Right. What's interesting is to have the dialogue and understand the person you're having a dialogue with. Um, that's... Part, many teachers, many, many teachers are verbal processors. Mm-hmm. That's why they're teachers. Yeah. Because they get in front of a crowd and they start processing the information. Mm-hmm. And because they're verbal processors, the people sitting down and listening can track with it. Be- yeah, absolutely. Now, if you're a, 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 an internal processor, you have to keep thinking of ways that you're going to get it out mm-hmm. that makes sense to other people. Yeah. That's harder. Right. Because now you're working more from an outline. You're working more, you know. When, when I go speak somewhere, I will study like crazy. Right. And because I have to use a, a PowerPoint or something, I, that's good for me. I have to keep to an outline to a certain degree. Right. But really, I used to just put my notes away. Yeah. Have the Bible out and put my notes away. Yeah. Because now it was time to verbally process what I've learned. Right. So I encourage people, uh, find people that you can sit and have dialogues with. Uh, because if you're an internal processor, it's really kind of fun to be around an external processor because they're helping you process. Mm-hmm. If you're an external processor, it's good to be around people that you can talk with to process. Right, absolutely. So uh, find out you know, what kind you are. And if you don't know, I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> How's that for advice? And we're going to leave it there today. Yeah. That's the yeah. profound advice. Can you send advice. me a test, Dave, or anything? Really, I'm, I'm not into I don't Either know. figure it out, or if you don't know how to figure it yeah, out, I figure it out. I don't know. That's, that's profound. Yeah, no, no idea. Hey, have you, um, speaking of, of just thinking through things, uh, you grew up in the United States, obviously, and all your life there's been a conflict out there in the Middle East. Yes. Why do those guys hate each other? Um, because they can't agree on things. Because you don't agree, you got to hate each other? I, you know, I think that in a very simplistic manner, that's what happens. Okay. You well, know, you, I, were in, uh, you were in Ireland? I was in Ireland, yeah, and I, I ran into They hate each thing. other there, too. Yeah. I mean, the Protestants and the Catholics. Right. I find it interesting right. that in the name of God. Right. Well, and it's not even necessarily about that anymore, which is interesting. What is it about? We, well, it's become more political than anything. You know, oh. I'd say, I mean, it, it might have started out like that, but it's morphed into, I mean, there's still, depending on who you're talking to, it might still have to do with that. But then it's even been more political where, you know, the Protestants were, were, want to remain loyal, you know, to the UK, to the Queen, whereas the Catholics want to unite with Ireland. 
You know. So it had nothing to do with the Bible? Uh, I think, well, it depends on the group you ask. Oh. You know, for some, yes. Okay. You know, for some, it, it was more political. But nowadays, the, depending on what you talk to, you know, like because of what happened in the Troubles and people killed each other, they'll kind of distance themselves from the acts of, of terror that happened, you know, and, and y- y- there's always ways to spin it, Dave. Yeah. You know, much- So if I'm a little kid in Ireland, I could go up to, let's say you were a Catholic and I'm a Protestant, I go up to you and go, I hate you. <sighs> and you would say, why? And I go, I don't know. Right, right. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Right. It's, just, it's just the way it is here. Right, right. How much, how much of our life do we spend doing it the way it is? Uh, quite a bit, I would say. Yeah, we're kind of you know, just we, in we don't hole. necessarily go against the status quo. Why? I, I, I don't know. We just get used to it. You know, I have a thing I like to tell young people and old people, it doesn't matter. But, um, if you're going to do today everything you've done till now, you're going to have the same result tomorrow that you had today. So if you really want a different result, you gotta do something different. Yeah, that's all. I, not, I, I know that's not overly profound, right? But like right now, people are going, "Boy, I, I hate the fact that I'm out of shape and I eat too much." And okay, do something different. Do something different tomorrow. Right? Are you kidding? I want to do the same and have not these results. <laughs> it's like, hello, we can't do that. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. Anyway, I, I'm just thinking about how things are handled. I was looking at an article. And the article was from, uh, let me find it here, from the National Interest, which I have no idea what that is. However, the, I, was, I was reading this article, and it was talking about how the son-in-law of our president is quietly doing a fantastic job in the Middle East. Okay. And that it, people don't get it because he's just quietly, he's under the radar, he's just kind of moving around doing things that are successful over there as far as diplomatic things that we haven't been able to do for years, mm-hmm. for years. And I started to read the articles. I thought, okay, what makes, him do, what makes it work for him? Yeah. And why have we failed for so many years? And I began to, to think on my own a little bit and thought, you know, my generation will, if you say Israel and Palestine to me, Right. I'll say hatred, bigotry. You know, I, I have read places where people in my generation that are Palestinian, if they get injured or need a hospital and, and they have to go across the border to an Israeli hospital, mm-hmm. they tell their kids, let me die. Right. I do not want anybody touching me right. from over there. I mean, that kind of hatred. Wow. What we're finding is that the young people are now asking, why do we hate each other so much again? Right, right. I mean, why do we do this? Mm-hmm. And he'll be, you know, don't you start doubting your parents. You know, don't. Right. You better hate the Jewish people or you better hate the Palestinians or you're not part of the family. Mm-hmm. It's like, is that my only option? Mm-hmm. What if, what if, Jason, what if they want to get along? That's okay. But there's a generational problem there. My right. generation saying you can't. Right. And that's the way it needs to be. Oh, man, this you could know. be a big problem. Right, right. You know, and I, I would say that, that by and large, you look at, you know, my generation, which is the millennial generation, maybe they're under, and I think a lot of them do want to try to overcome conflict and just unite, whatever that means. I mean, there's different vocabulary for that, you know, whether it's peace, love, you know, all that sort of. Why you know, is it but, so hard to change if you're a young person and you see something that's not working. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard to change? Because it, it's just like it's just like the example used at the top of the show, Dave. Whereas we, a lot of the, the status quo, a lot of the things just happen. And so, if you want to change it, there's so many people that 
discourage you from doing it, you know? And so even, even within the example that you gave about the Middle East, you know, reportedly like a lot of the young people would want to, to change that. But then you have the influences of whether it be families, the way things have been, and it's not, you know, you'd have to go against that. And so you'd have to maybe face some difficult situations if you were to take a stand against it. So you have to ask some hard questions. Right. Absolutely. Like, why do we hate them? Right. I mean, I mean, and we see this even as a biblical principle, Dave, you know, the thing that comes to mind is you had, you know, the Samaritans back in the day. Right. That, that. Nobody, you know, that the Jews were like, we're not even, like, if they had to travel, they would go around Samaria right. rather than through it, to, you know, just because that's what they did, you know? And so then when Jesus stopped and talked to a woman, a Samaritan woman at the well, it was, it was mind boggling yep. because the disciples had the same reaction that we have or that your generation has. It's like, what in the world yeah. are you doing, Jesus? Do you not know that this is a Samaritan woman? And do you not understand that you're not even supposed to be talking to her? Yeah. You know, and that's how it is today, you know, in different situations. Um, and even as we we're talking about the show, there's different, I feel like there's always different examples. Like you shared about, you know, Vietnam and how your generation, you know, North right. Vietnam, you know, like how could you even think about that? Yeah. Well, and, and you aren't bugged by it. No, in fact, I don't even know that much about Vietnam. Yeah, and I and I know people right. who sacrificed over there, right. and and you do too. Obviously, you know them. Right. But it's it's interesting because that war divided our country. It was a really political thing. It was a, a an international thing. It was a terrible moment in our history. Right. And the guys that I know that went there and fought. Right. They basically said, you know, the tragedy of that war was we could have won it. Right. And politically, they wouldn't let us, and that started to enrage a nation. Right. Because we were the people that knew those fighting. Right. And we kept getting the messages, please let us win. And the government kept shutting them down. Right. Now all of a sudden there's protests like, why are we fighting? All this kind of stuff. And everything went just terrible at that moment. Yeah. And so for us, you can hear it in my voice. It, for us, it was, a, it was an igniting moment. Right, right. Like, what are we doing? And, and me as a Christian, I had a dilemma. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I want to support our government. Right. I don't understand this war. Right. Right. You know, it's like, I don't know what to do with it. So we then, the people of the United States, when the Vietnam vets came back, we ignored them because we didn't know what to do with it. Mm. Like, were we proud that you fought in Vietnam? Right. Not really. We were proud that you fought for our country, but you weren't fighting for our country. Mm. So the Vietnam vets came back and it was a terrible moment for them because Instead of heroes welcomes like every other war, they came back to empty airports. Mm. And so our generation remembers that. And, right. and we still kind of think of the Vietnam War as this great tragedy. And, and if you were to say anything about like the North Vietnam, I, I don't even know what's over there anymore. I don't remember. I don't have geography in my head. But yeah. if you were to say anything about North Vietnam, go, yeah, those are bad people. Mm-hmm. The Viet Cong, poof, bad. Right. There may not be any Viet Cong anymore. Right, right. So if you go over to, you go over to Vietnam today and you're, you're walking around, and it's like, what'd you go there for? They're our enemy. Right. Dave, 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 Dave. They, right. Nobody there even remembers. Absolutely, than, right. You know, so stop it. Israel, probably the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Here, here's, here's, bring it home a little bit. I mean, let's say you're growing up in a home. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you hear your parents always um, arguing, that kind of thing. So your whole worldview becomes... This is how two people live together. Mm-hmm. Right. You get older. You start 
repeating these things. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to change that pattern, yeah. the very first step is to say, this is not a good pattern. Right. It starts with you. Right. Now, that's not a solution yet. No. But it is, if you don't do that step. Right. Uh, instead of saying, well, I understand why it's done this way. My parents are this way and I'm going to be this way. And this is my normal. This mm-hmm. is my normal. Um, the problem really becomes when you don't have a way to check to see if your normal should be normal. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So how does somebody check that they're normal? Right. How do you know if you're... Should be normal. Right. Because uh, there's a lot of things that go on in life that are normal. Mm-hmm. And they should be normal. Um, feelings, for example. Yeah. You know, you, you have days where you feel better, days you feel worse. That's normal. I was talking to a young guy today, and you know, I had a, a week last week where everything... You know, I maintain my house pretty well, that kind of thing. Go home, garage door's fried. 30 years gone. Uh, you know, the opener. Um, uh, I, I went in, and things were going bad in the house, and my subject tank froze. And then I'm sitting at my desk, and part of a tooth fell off onto my, um, onto my tongue. <laughs> no kidding. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, there are weeks <laughs> where everything goes bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you think I don't maintain my house or my body. Right. Because it's all falling apart this week. Mm-hmm. And you add that up, that could be thousands of dollars. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, God, I'm trying to maintain whatever. All right. What we need to do is understand what is normal in life. Because is that normal? Then prepare for it. Right. And I think that, I think this is a great conversation because there's so many applicable points to this, Dave. You know, where we get so used to just whatever it is that, that we've accustomed ourselves to that we don't necessarily look to say, all right, is this the right thing to do? Is this what I need to be doing? And so I think this is a great discussion. We're only getting started. So we're going to take a quick break and come back and keep this conversation going here on Younger and Older. Hey, welcome back to Younger and Older. And we're having a great discussion here, Dave, just talking about, um, I would say, kind of influences and whether or not we just go along with it um, yeah. without questioning it. The boat of normality is just floating down the river. Wow, that was very poetic. Thank you. That was good. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> the boat of normality. Now, what happens is normal as it travels down the river, you're going to hit rapids. Right. You know, um, what is normal when, you, when I built my house 30-some uh, years ago? What was normal to build a house? My house is built normally for a house 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't build it that way this year. Right. Was it because I was a moron? No, stop, stop. <laughs> wow, you set that yeah, one up with like but, a bow and everything but, for me. But, but was it? No. No. Here, it was because in my day, we built it with the best technology, the most understanding we had. Right. But it's changed. Mm-hmm. They don't build them that way anymore. Right. So I have a couple choices. I can feel like an utter failure. Because I bought a house 30-some years ago that I thought was built right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was built right 30 years ago. Right. But today I feel badly about it. Right. So does that mean you just burn the whole thing down or rebuild it? You know, no. And no, that would it, be silly. But, but for me, if I'm talking to you and you're right. building a house and right. you're a young guy, I go, you know what? Here's what's changed. Here's how you have to be different. Right. Whoa. I am not saying, and, and I don't even think you're going to look at me and say, you are really a bum. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how dumb you were when you built that house. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. no, actually, when I built this house, 
I was acting in good faith on the information we had. Mm-hmm. But we've learned much, and the building trade has changed. And by the time you're my age, houses will be different again. Right. Your identity can't be in you always being right and making decisions that are always going to be, for the next hundred years, respected as the best decisions. Right. However, I want you to hear this. It doesn't mean that you made mistakes long ago mm-hmm. in that area. You are sinners. Everyone is. Mm-hmm. So you've made those mistakes wherever they are, but building a house isn't necessarily a simple right. mistake. Right. Um, so I guess I'm getting to the point here where whatever normal is, so you grew up in my house. Let's say you were my son, you grew up in my house. Mm-hmm. You say, I want to build a house exactly like this. I would go, don't do that. Right, it wouldn't make any sense. Right. And there are some people um, that have their marriages and et cetera, and they're exactly like the homes they grew up in. Mm-hmm. As if they learned nothing through the years they were married. Right. And watching their parents and being a part of a church. And it's like, no, I've learned nothing new. Right. So I'm exactly the way I was. Right. And I'm exactly the way my parents were. Now, th- this doesn't mean that you're, you're dissing their personalities, whatever. Personality isn't a sin, isn't right, right or wrong. But the idea of. You're acknowledging the imperfection. You, you are, and you're saying, okay, let's. Well, let's learn from that. Right. And by the way, you'll have plenty of your own imperfections. Right. To pass on. Oh, absolutely. So. I mean, even I mean, even talking parenting, you know, you think about all right, you know, and you kind of, you know, do you, do I want my son to be exactly like me? And it's like, well, no, because I know that I'm not a perfect parent. You know, there are times it's like, man, I wish I would have done that differently. But at the same time, I hope that my son takes the good out of it. And runs with it, and I think that 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 principle is is what we're talking about here. Is that there's there's certain things that 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 we grow up with that are good, but then there's certain things or influences that that might not be best that we need to kind of to tweak or change to make it even better. Yeah. Um, you know, since every human's a sinner, everyone, right. you have to realize that there are going to be things that happen that are examples to you in your home, and they're wrong. Right. There are self-centered moments. There are things that are wrong. It, the way that we treat things as Christians when we see something that's wrong is we acknowledge its wrongness. Right. That's what we do. And when we acknowledge its wrongness, that's the first step mm-hmm. to solving the problem. Right. Uh, Jared Kushner, as we talked about in the first half, he acknowledged that, okay, what's worked in the past in the Middle East has not worked. Right. And everybody, Jimmy Carter, and everybody's rolling over going, what are you talking about? We had all this great stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, it didn't work. Right, and it hasn't worked. Now, we didn't say that Jimmy Carter's heart wasn't right, that he didn't want peace in the Middle East. Right. But it didn't work. Right. Ronald Reagan didn't work. I mean, all of the presidents since didn't work. Right. That's all he's saying. Mm-hmm. First step, doesn't work. Right. There are people out there that are, are um, they've grown up and they've grown up in a very self-centered um, family. They've grown up in a very me-centered culture. First thing you got to be able to do is say, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Once you get there, then there's the Bible, God, if you're a believer, you know, Christian people that are older, younger, whatever, they, they can get into your life and help you see things clearly. Right. I love meeting with people outside my own influence sphere. Right. Because they say things that you just look at and go, where'd you come up with that? Mm-hmm. Because I have this normal in my life right. that I don't deviate from. 
So somebody comes in, like I'm a football hockey player. Mm-hmm. If you came to me, Jason, and said, yeah, I was in ballet all my life, yep, I would go, <laughs> <laughs> that's my first reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would think, you see nothing like I do. No. Nothing. I like hitting people. I like. You like spinning on your spinning toes. Spinning and swaying. You know what I mean? It's like. Right. Now, I have a couple choices here. I could say, I can't understand you at all, and I don't want to, and. I can say, really, how do you see the world? Mm-hmm. How do you see God? How do you see people? Now I'm learning. I'm saying, okay, there's principles that I have in my life. There's principles you have in yours. How do they intersect? Right. How do you, now I'm learning from you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funnest things I get to do if I do it, and I don't do it enough, I like to go to places where they create something. Hmm. Like uh, I went to a yacht factory once. Oh, yeah. And I like doing that. I, yeah. I like going and saying, okay, can you take me from the process? Right. Of, see how it's made. I want to see how your feet are up on the desk and you dream about what it looks like mm-hmm. to pushing it out the door. Right. Because I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. How do you get from there to there? Right. I want to know all the steps. So if you're listening today and you're involved in a process like that, please arrange with me to come and watch it because... I am fascinated by that kind of thing, and I learn so much when I do that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's totally outside the realm of my normality. Mm-hmm. Right. So it brings me perspective, and it's, it's a wonderful experience in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of life that, that is out there that is outside of our norm Yeah. that we need to let in to broaden our perspective. So I think what Jared Kirshner is doing, I think what you and I are doing, I, I think I want to encourage young people to start looking in life at the norms in their life and, and be, have the courage right. in life to say, this norm I don't like right? because it doesn't, it's not right. And you mm-hmm. have somewhere to judge that by. Yeah. And, and once you admit that, begin to put a plan in place to change it mm-hmm. and have somebody around to hold you accountable to it. Right. So, and I think that's great. And I think that's, that's how you grow. You know, I mean, even think about our basic life as a Christian. And that's what you see. You know, you see the sin in your life, you know, kind of to take the principle and look at our sin. And you see that, all right, that sin isn't right. So what do I do? I try to change that. Well, sometimes in our life, as we've been talking about, it's not necessarily that things are, are necessarily sinful all the time, but they might not be the best. And that's where you just got to have those discussions and have that perspective to say, all right, how can I be better? You know? And it's just the process of saying, all right, God, I want to give you my best. Yeah. Well, what's the best that I can give you? Yeah. How do I treat it? You know, because our goal is to love God and to love others. Um, and so what's the best way for me to do that? And how do I tweak the way my perspective so that I can set myself up to to do that as best as I can? Right. Um, and, and really just taking the norm from your home and living it, and, and you probably will to start with, Right. is something you need to challenge. Right. And not because it's all bad, but there might be bad in there. Right. Because as an older guy, what I've realized is, is, you know, when I was your age, Jason, I wouldn't be walking around saying, yeah, there's, there's 18 things that I'm just deliberately sinning on that God has to work on. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't do that. However, at my age, I can tell you that there's more than 18 things that he was working on in my life to expose to me to work on. So my poor children, my two daughters, they had to grow up with this sinful, failing man mm-hmm. who didn't even recognize some of the stuff that he needed to work on Yeah, until he got older and they were gone. I hope they don't imitate everything. Right. Because there were some things that were out of perspective. Right. 
that I should have corrected and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, constantly learning something. I would encourage you as a young guy to focus in on the idea that I am a constant learner and that today God may show me something that needs to change mm-hmm. and be willing to challenge whatever it is. Not change for change's sake, but change. There's a difference between a principle and a method, and I think we get into a lot of problems that way. Yeah. Um, Jared Kirshner, he's talking about Middle East. There's, there's a principle he's working on. It, that what ha- it, it, it hasn't worked. There is no peace. The principle is we need to bring peace. I mean, not method-wise yet. Yeah. The methods that we have used haven't worked. The principle is we want peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. It hasn't worked. Change the methods. Right, right. You don't change the principle and say, okay, we'll never get peace. No, you just change the principle. Right. Now you can't get there. Um, likewise, in the Bible, there are principles. Right. You can't change those. And my dad used to tell me that there, in life there's principles and there's methods, and the wise man knows the difference. Mm. Because there are many churches today, many mm. people who rebel against Christianity because the churches and the people are clinging to methods. And not the principles. Yeah. Mm. As if they are principles. Yeah. We've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. As if you do it another way, what you're saying is then the older generation was wrong, sinful, evil. You're not saying that. You're saying we got to do it differently. How many times have I uh, come to you, Jay, and, and I don't know number wise, but and just express the idea that look, it's your generation. Let's figure out how to talk to them. Right. What am I saying when I say that? It, it, you're just saying how how do I think through this right and how do we can we how communicate do, it? how do yeah. i adapt how do you adapt right how do, how do we how change? do we get this message across right but i'm not saying hey jason we need a new message right you're we, saying how do i package this so how do you package it right. in a application right that may be different because i don't get how people communicate right if my generation i can still go to stand behind a podium and talk for an hour and a half Mm-hmm. They'll listen, right? I can't do that with junior hires. No, no, they'll be ready to throw you out of the room. I used to be able to go longer with junior hires, right? I can't do that anymore. Yep. Okay, there's, you know, and now you know if if I speak and I'm in a chapel, I'm grabbing somebody all the time, bringing them up. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. I'm trying to break things up into smaller segments and right. get their brains going somewhere else. Reason being, it's not what it used to be, right? And as you look at it, using a, even when, it, when I went to speaking from an iPad, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, we could do this. Right. Um, was that what I was used to? Well, I am now, but it wasn't the way it, I was used to speaking. Right. Um, I think it's important that, that you have people in your life where you can identify principles and identify norms and realize, do these norms support the principles? Right. If they don't, challenge them. But still love the people. Don't right. throw the say, people be, out. Be gracious, you know, yeah. especially especially you know with those that that are around you that you love. It's realize that not everybody's perfect, you know, and so just because something is necessarily the, not the right way, just be gracious. And everybody's them. sinful. Everybody. Right. So you know. it's going to be happen to everybody. 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 And so it's not like you're going to have it 100 percent figured out. And so just remember that even as you challenge things, just do it in a gracious manner. But I think this is a great conversation that we had today, and I think it's it's very challenging. So I just encourage you to think about the things that you're just going along with, and and try to bring perspective to it. 
Uh, we just encourage you, if you want to listen to more of our conversations, head on over to Relay365 and you can listen to our other podcasts and, and things that we've talked about. And uh, we just thank you for joining us. We look forward to, to joining in conversation with you next time here on Younger and Older.